0: I'm going to invite, I see some down here already, but anybody four years old through sixth grade can come up, sit on the floor, the front chairs, you can stay in the chairs if you're more comfortable, but anybody else that's four years old through sixth grade. So what we're going to do is about a, about a, maybe a eight minute children's kind of beginning of the sermon, and then in about a 12 minute, I'm going to get up and speak to the rest of us, but you can pay attention during this first 10 minutes as well. So keep coming up, I got to grab one more thing from the back. So, I'm actually going to sit right on the steps here so you guys can gather around and everything. So, we got your program coming up in about 20 minutes. Very excited to uh, hear what God's going to have through you guys. You know, this is my last year that I'm going to have a child in the Sunday School Christmas program. Lucy's in sixth grade already. That's crazy. You know what that means? I'm getting old. Next thing is grandkids, oh boy, but looking, looking forward to that. But before we get to our Christmas program from you guys, I want to turn to the Word of God with you guys and with your parents because that's one of the central things that we do on a Sunday morning. And I hope that you guys do that at home as well, maybe with your families or in your bedroom at night before you go to bed, where you open up the Word of God and you read it and you study and you hear stories about it. So during this Christmas season, during the month of December, we have a, a sermon that we've been a series that I've been kind of uh, working through, and it's from. The lion witch in the wardrobe. You remember the the phrase I used last week? Always winter, never Christmas. Exactly. So we we, yeah, I know it's up there. There, (laughs) There'll be a lot of cheats up there today. So a lot of things I'm talking about. But then I'm also using a verse out of Isaiah. Isaiah 9 verse 2. Can we have the next slide, please? Isaiah 9 verse 2. Read that top verse with me. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. So I want you to imagine a world like we did last week with Lucy, that there's always winter, never Christmas. It's dark, there's there's no hope, there's no Christmas on the horizon, everything seems to be stuck, everything seems to be frozen, and we're just not moving forward. However, that's not true for a believer in Jesus Christ. We have hope. We have reasons to look forward to Christmas. And the Bible makes that very clear. I'm looking for, I see Uriah, where's Cam? Where's Cam, Cam, Cam? Cam, you were over at my house this past week and you had a bracelet on your arm that you said, this is my favorite verse. Do you remember when that was? John 14, 6, you said. Can you say it? No, okay. <laughs> Again, I have it up on the, the, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, so we know that Jesus is light. And the other verses talk about that as well. Here's another one. In First John 1, 5, it says this. This is a message we heard from Jesus and now proclaim to you. God is light and there is what? No Darkness in him at all now. There's a song we don't usually sing it at Christmas But there's a song that we sing a lot and we have over the years. It's called here. I am to worship. Do you know that one? Yeah, so how you need to help me out here. All right, you notice I wasn't up on the stage singing some of you were, but how does it start out? Let's go. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you, hope of a life spent with you. All right, everybody, here I am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my god you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to me all right we should get a bus and hit the road It's not a Christmas song, but this is a song about Jesus stepping down into darkness, opening our eyes, and letting us see. God, who is light, sent his Son, who is light, into darkness. And that's what the prophet Isaiah was talking about when it says that people who walk in darkness will see a great light. But in order to see that light, we have to live in a way that our hearts and our eyes are open to see that light. Now, I think you might be familiar with some movies that have that idea of kind of being frozen or in the dark and seeing light. Let me watch this movie clip and tell me if you know what movie this is from. Cold and winter air And mountain rain Combining This icy force Both foul and fair Has a frozen harbor mining. So cut through the heart Cold and clear Strike for love and strike for fear See of beauty Sharp and clear. Split the ice off You stronger than Fro- frozen. Frozen 1. I love that last part. Beware of the frozen heart. All right, so, the, so there's many characters in this movie, and I want to talk about a couple of them. But first, let's watch some of these characters. First, we have Hans. I want you to think about who's your favorite. So there's Hans, and then we have Kristoff, and then we have Sven, and Elsa, and Anna, and we have Poppy, and then we have Olaf. Who's your favorite? Olaf. Oh. <laughs> I watched it when Cam was over when Cam was over on Monday night and I always thought Olaf was my favorite but Sven's growing on me. But let me talk about this movie a little bit, all right? Because because there's a a scene at the beginning of this movie where Elsa and Anna are playing and they go downstairs and she's Elsa is making everything frozen cuz she has this magic touch, right? And then and then they're playing and what happens to Anna? Anna, sorry. Doesn't she fall nice? Yeah, she falls and she gets frozen. Part of her life gets frozen because of some magic that uh, Elsa was doing to her. So mom and dad run into the room. They grab Anna. They carry her over to Poppy, And grandpappy looks at Anna and he, says, and he says this. You're lucky it was not her heart. The heart is not so easily changed. So think about that for a while. So later on, all through the movie, they're on this journey. And Elsa has left, and they're trying to find her. They finally find each other. And Elsa and Anna, they meet each other. And Anna's heart gets frozen. And she starts to freeze from the inside out. And they know the only thing that could save her is a what? Her true love. Who is who? No. Hans, not Christoph. Her true love is Hans. So Christoph and Sven put her on Sven. Christoph puts her on Sven, and they they <laughs> they go to they go over and they and they find Hans. And when they get there, this is what the next slide: Elsa froze my heart, and only an act of true love can save me. So that's powerful powerful only an act of true love can unthrow, unfreeze her heart and i think we can take that and we can tie that into what happens at christmas time when jesus came to this earth as a baby so i want you to think about that think about frozen think about frozen hearts and you guys can kind of sit through here or on the floor Feel free to pass this down. I got candy in for everyone. And I want to talk to your parents for about 10 minutes about what it means to have a frozen, frozen heart. So take your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 and 27. Ezekiel 36, 24 through 27. There's this imagery that is spoken of by many of the prophetic writers. It's an image of people that have, have a hard heart. A, a, a stony heart, a frozen heart. Can, Trevor, can I have you, have you help pass it through the younger kids? Thank you. And, and it's this imagery that is kind of painted there. And one of the great anticipatory things about God's work in us is that he takes our heart of stone, our frozen heart, and he replaces it with a heart of flesh, something that is tender and, and, and receptive to the word of God. The book of Ezekiel is super, super weird. Um, some people think the book of Revelations is like really weird, but I, I think Ezekiel's r- right, right up there. We have, we have creatures and we have spinning wheels, we have Valley of Dry Bones. But here's the context in this book to what we want to talk about Israel has been captured by Babylon, and 10,000 10, of the Israelites are taken into captivity. They were choosing sin instead of God. They were choosing to turn their hearts towards idols instead of the things of God. And with them was Ezekiel. So Ezekiel at that time was 25 years of age, 25 years old, and he gets taken into captivity about 100 miles south of Babylon to an encampment. And he's living in darkness He's living in pain. He's living in exile, away from his family, forced labor and all that. And then God speaks to him. Five years later, he comes to Ezekiel and he says, Hey, you are going to be a prophet. You are going to speak my words to the people of Israel. And for 30 plus chapters of the book of Ezekiel, he is talking judgment, and he's talking all these horror, horrible things that are going to come. And then we get towards the end of the book, and he changes his, his kind of, his, what he's talking about. And he gives them promises that are from God, some prophecies. He said, there's one day coming that you're going to receive a new heart anticipate this look for this so let's read ezekiel 36 and we're going to just read a few verses together um, from the screen This is sell the new living translation here we go for i will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land then i will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I put a new spirit in you. I will take out of your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart, a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations." And you will live in Israel, the land I gave your ancestors long ago. You will be my people, and I will be your God. So what hope for those people sitting in exile, sitting in darkness? They read this, and they're like, we got something to anticipate. This is what God's going to do. And then... This is not only for them, this is for people 700 years later it comes true in the beginning of the gospel where we see Jesus come into the world as the light of the world. So so this prophecy has become fulfilled. And Ezekiel, this is a big part here of what he's talking about. And God has to do something supernatural in us. He has to make us new. He has to take out our our stony, our hard hearts, and he's got to put in a heart of flesh. Only a true act of love can save us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He will take our heart of stone, and he will give us a heart of flesh. What powerful imagery! He will take what's hardened in us, something we can't do for ourselves because we all have complex hearts, and he'll put something new in there. This heart of stone means that Ryan Van Zwag, that means every one of these children that are up here were born dead spiritually. Stone means it's hard. You touch it. Jackson, come on up here. Describe this stone to us. Is it responsive? No. There. Try to, try to, whatever, try to puncture it. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Excellent, excellent. Take a seat. I'll take that back. It might be dangerous. Okay. So, so that's the type of heart that we're born with. Now, do we have, my heart still wants pleasure my heart still wants money and desires it still wants sex it still wants all these things so it has desires but this heart that i'm created with that i was born with does not have a desire for jesus christ it's dead it's hard this stony heart is that way but when it comes to jesus he's boring he's uninteresting he he he, he's not my treasure and and everybody has a desire for things of this world but God's got to do a transplant in our life and give us a heart that will be responsive to what God wants to do in our life. So in our text, it talks about giving us a heart of flesh. So, so come on up here, Zeke. All right, so talk about, describe this heart for me. You like it? I looked all over for a heart-soft pillow. Come find one. So this heart, describe it to me. Okay, it's red, good. It's squishy, so is it moldable? Is it, can, can you penetrate it? Oh, man. Try this way. Yes, it's a lot more penetrable. It, it's soft. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So, so the heart of flesh is contrasted with the heart of stone. And this is the imagery that God gives us through the prophet of Isaiah. And he says, I want my people to have a heart that is responsive. I love that when you look at what that means. Responsive to the things of God. Tender to the things of God. Tender to what he's asking me to do. And when, and, and when you receive a heart like this, when Christ is lifted up, you're like, yes! He's my treasure. But if you have a heart like this, you go, ugh, Jesus, I gotta go to church. Uh, I've got, I, God wants me to behave this way. Uh, but when you have a tender heart, you're like, oh, I love what God's doing in my life. So when Jesus comes, he, he comes and he lives a perfect life, and he says, I am going to replace your heart of stone with a heart of flesh. And every one of us needs at some point in our life to change that frozen heart out with a heart of, ha- heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Is that something you guys can do yourself? Who's the only one that can do that? God. Jesus. You've got to get to a point in your life where your heart is exchanged for a heart of flesh. But you know what happens. I think the majority of the people in here have a heart of flesh because they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. But what happens to us? Life, right? Hurts, pains, people say things, things go on, and then our hearts Slowly to become hard again. Slowly become not tender. And, and, and God says through the prophets, I mean through through the Proverbs, He says, guard your heart above all things. Guard your heart above all things. He knows that your heart is important. And he's saying, Don't let your heart become hard. I've given you a heart of flesh. Guard this heart with everything you want so it stays tender to the law of God. Because it says, in, in, because it says in, our, our, in our passage, I will take out your heart of stone and I'll put in your heart of flesh so that my spirit can live in you and you can obey my laws and my regulations. Meaning you can do what God wants you to do. But if your heart gets hard, you're like, oh, I've been hurt. I'm not going to go to church. Or, oh, I've been hurt. I'm not going to do what Jesus asked me to do. Or, I'm not going to do. And God's like, no, guard the heart that I have put in you. So this Christmas season, you need to think about, is your heart frozen? Is it hard towards God? Or is your heart soft and moldable? And is it as a flesh, something that God can use and respond to? So we've got to guard our hearts. And in in this passage, in in, Proverbs 4, 23, 25, 26, 27, it gives us ways to guard our hearts. So I encourage you to go home this week and look at how do I guard my heart? Now that I'm a believer, if I'm a believer, how do I guard my heart from being coming hard? And it says guard your sight. It says and guard your speech and, and guard your steps. So I encourage you, parents, to go home and read that with your children this week. And see what God tells you to do about guarding your heart. So, a couple questions as we end. When was your heart transplant? When did you? Everybody, pause. Because we're given two birth dates. Well, we're given one birthday, a day that you are actually born physically. And then you, you need another birthday, the day you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior when you get that new transplant. So when was your heart transplant? When was the day that you said, Jesus, I know I have a heart of stone, and I want a heart of flesh. I want a heart that's soft towards you. And then confess, admit that you do not have a a soft heart. Believe that Jesus is the only one that can give you a soft heart. And then confess that he is Lord and Savior of your life. And then the second question, especially to the adults. Because you know the kids. There's so much joy at Christmas. They run into Grandma's house, jump into their arms. Their hearts are still soft and tender. Where's your heart becoming frozen? Where's your heart becoming frozen? I invite you this Christmas season to say, Spirit of God, come into my heart and show me what work I need to do in my life so that I don't walk around with a hard heart towards people or towards you. Give me and let me live out of this heart of flesh. So let's pray. So Father, I love that quote in the line from frozen, where true love is what will melt this frozen heart. Your true love has come to give us a heart of, heart of flesh, to take out our, our, our heart of stone. So we pray for anybody in here this morning that does not know you as their personal Savior. May they, may they, God, this day, exchange their heart of stone for a heart of flesh. And then if there's been wounds, as I know there are in life, may we guard our heart above everything else, Jesus. Show us, speak to us, and fresh new ways today. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.